0: We're, we're Echo Machine, Machine and you're and listening
1: to the, the Four Idle, Idle Hands podcast. Welcome, one and all, to the pre-Christmas
0: Four Idle Hands podcast. Do they know it's
1: Christmas time at all, Terry?
0: Well, I'm not sure. They don't know. I mean, I've got my bells out right here, or my jingle bells that I've got. It doesn't. It doesn't really feel like Christmas at all this year, does it? So, no. Um, no. The, no. the only stampeding
1: mm-hmm. hooves that you'll find will be at Sainsbury's, I think.
0: Yes, well, they're all looking apparently, toilet roll, once again, is in demand. Unless folk, are maybe maybe we're doing folk at a service here, they're buying the toilet rolls for some sort of strange Christmas craft or something. Maybe. Um, I mean, there was, I didn't see Sports Personality of the Year Award last night. It was messy, and they were all doing, keep you up to the toilet rolls. So maybe that's what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, we, we've got a lot to get through, Terry. So we, we, we better do just a, a little introduction and uh, tell you that uh, we don't have a guest today. Uh, we have Terry's Jingle Bells, obviously, there as close as we, we get to a guest. But we have guest contributions from the, the Capolos and uh, Stephen Mellon from the the Little Kicks. And uh, we are going to run through news of the, the week and what a momentous week it's been. And we'll have the best of 2020. Uh, we'll have our choice of albums and songs and gigs and... Uh, uh, Terry's going to pick some movies for us as well. Yeah. I'll be reviewing mm-hmm. uh, Paul McCartney's new album, and Terry's going to take a stroll through uh, some decent podcasts on, on the go, and uh, we'll we'll have a mini review of our own, and uh, we will uh,
0: look at an optimistic fashion at what's going to happen next year. Terry, yeah, because yeah. let's let's face it, next year can't be any worse than this year. I mean, oh, yes, it can. <laughs> I mean- I mean, I, we were talking earlier about. I mean, whoever you ever said you know things can't get any better or can't get any worse, probably just spoke obviously a weekend too early because basically five was it five o'clock, four o'clock on fr- Saturday afternoon. Actually, a couple of things happened on Saturday afternoon. Actually, um, so first of all, bloody Gloucester beat Ulster in the last minute. Yeah. Then we had Boris. And then we had Nicola. So by six o'clock, I was done. <laughs> so, yeah. so 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 we're all. I mean, is Christmas cancelled? Do you think? Uh, well, uh, to um,
1: all intents and purposes for, uh, I would think, maybe about 70% of the population, it is most definitely cancelled. I mean, I was planning uh, before all this to go over to Air uh, uh, with Gillian to um, spend Christmas over there uh, with some of her cousins. And uh, we, we, we to the decision we couldn't do it. So, yes, cancelled for us, but
0: uh, we'll have a good time in there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's the whole thing. I mean, going back to, we're not going to get too political on this, but you know, obviously from last week where they were talking about the five-day, you know, the five-day free, do what you want, travel around the country, have your Christmas, your, just don't kill your granny sort of thing. And then all of a sudden now it's one day. Is it less people, no, yeah, I'm, I'm quite confused, but um, don't travel. And then, of course, we had Matt Hancock yesterday, almost in tears again, actually, on the Andrew Marshall. show. He did kind of squeeze on out a little bit. Um, talking about folk travelling from London up to Manchester and Leeds and all the rest but those people that probably planned the travel probably didn't even hear the news about the London thing So, um, but yeah, I say been, that...
1: It's been compounded really by uh, this uh, mutation that they have discovered yeah. which is uh, laying waste uh, to um, accident and emergency in uh, hospitals uh, throughout the southeast at the moment, we're, we're fortunate we don't have as much of it here
0: but Nicola's got a wet dream of closing the Scottish border, so... She, she has, I, and I don't know if you saw the Sunday papers yesterday, it was a great... Um, we're recording this on Monday the 21st, by the way, in case people have a timestamp. So it was the Daily Telegraph. I, I read, I didn't read it, but I read the front page and it was Christmas cancelled by a mutant virus and underneath was a massive picture of Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> this was perfect, but yeah, I mean, apparently the, the Scottish border police are out in, 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 uh, in force apparently now, so... Um, they're going to be laser targeting any sort of Manchester or Glasgow or any cars heading up north. For that's yeah, I mean, they have they have said they won't enforce it, and I don't I don't believe they will. But yeah, yeah. but the
1: the lesson that uh, needed to be learned, I think, from the um, initial outbreak uh, back in um, uh, March and the the lockdown that followed was that. Um, you can't control a virus uh, if you've got open borders. I mean, people coming in and out uh, is going to lead to difficulties for other countries, neighbouring countries. And I know, you know, uh, the UK is maybe not on the best of terms with some of its neighbours at the moment, but uh, still in all, uh, it's a sensible thing to uh, close the borders and try and control uh, yeah. infection like, like this. And, uh, and uh, you know, they're, they're getting... Um, the treatment from the French at the moment—they're getting upset about it—but uh, it really, it's a sensible thing to do until uh, the UK starts uh, testing drivers as they uh, cross yes, yes. Uh, the border of the
0: phrase. I think that's going to happen. now, it sounds like it. I mean, you look at I mean, obviously going back a long time now to New Zealand and Australia, where you could quite easily close borders and just keep it all in and stuff. And here, you know, the, yeah, yesterday people were arriving from the from 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 Europe on flights and around the world and. Um, I think they're gonna yeah they're gonna test the drivers either before they leave Britain or when they arrive. And I heard a Pearl Lloyd driver this morning talking about you know the amount of contact he has on a journey is pretty minimal. Uh, it really just is a, a half an hour filling out paperwork somewhere, and he just he's in his truck the whole time. And hopefully they get those guys moving again because I I need my broccoli. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I, um, I mean uh, it, for uh, Scottish. Um... Uh, produce uh, suppliers, this is really bad news. I mean, uh, you've got a lot of um, uh, uh, langoustines and crab and stuff like that that are um, landed and then put directly on the back of a refrigerated trailer <laughs> and, and they make their way um, you know, down uh, across the, the channel from Dover. They'll not be able to do that. What's going to happen? That stuff it has got
0: a very short shelf life, you know, and it's valuable stuff. No, um, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and the only thing they've said to be short of is probably citrus fruits and, and some salad leaves and stuff, which always reminds me of my favourite Scottish joke was, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Bridges or somebody said that when they arrived at the border from England to Scotland, there was a sign saying, no salad for 500 miles, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I thought was quite, quite appropriate today. But yeah, it's a shame for everybody. It's a shame for all the businesses that have to shut on Boxing Day, I think it is, pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah
1: um, and speaking, so, of, speaking of shames the Brexit end game is
0: still playing out Terry how long can this wheeze on for I, I think it's just going dri- to dri- dribble on. I mean they've, I don't know if you watched it, it like, yesterday they said that it was 98.5% done this deal and it was basically down to the fish um, which was the, the the problem I think and surely they, could, surely they could figure out the fish sort of thing so. but one shocking revelation I saw the weekend about Brexit was that and you will be disappointed as well on this one is that Hugo Boss apparently from their European web store uh, have to stop shipping into Northern Ireland, apparently, for three months. <laughs> they <Right. laughs> said they can no longer ship to Northern Ireland until March, I think it said, um, which is obviously going to be absolutely tragic for, for most of the well-dressed people in Belfast. And the in, the, in the golfers sport. will be devastated. Oh, oh. Devastated. But, but but the Brexit thing I saw, um, again, um Mrs. 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 Sturgeon, Miss asked for an extension to the kind of interim zone sort of thing, which is obviously not clearly going to happen at all. No, and and a week from today we'll all be out of Europe. And, Dan as where will be?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm starting to get uh, emails from my suppliers because I import uh, various uh, bits of furniture and stuff like that from um, from Denmark, and uh, I'm I'm getting now starting to get emails about the new regime and. Uh, uh, all sorts of tortuous uh, kind of difficulties in, in terms of um, uh, paying people, uh, of having now to pay for the uh, transit of goods from UK ports to to me, which I didn't have to do before. And uh, obviously prices are going up as well because this thing is, is just uh, adding cost and bureaucracy for um, every participant in trade, uh, you, you know, between uh, the UK and the EU. So um, yeah, I'm not really um, a great start to the year that uh, in in, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in 2021
0: for me. No, and, and you know, that couple of the whole extra lockdown, and again, yeah. like said it's going to be six six weeks. Did they say six weeks? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, in, I, I'd, in England, I'd be, I'd
1: be very surprised if we we're able to. Uh, uh, reopen uh, in a normal fashion um uh, until well you know it, 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 they're, they're saying the middle of January but i, I suspect it'll be longer than that i think it's, this could yeah. for some time you know
0: yeah. anyway Probably. we're
1: we're, we're going to move on to uh, slightly more optimistic things and uh, we've had some interesting um football this week um uh, although one of the most devastating things this week um, uh, and depressing things was Manchester United winning
0: six two yesterday against Leeds. I, that, that was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I felt. I mean, it would have been great if they had some fans. Because like, that was a game I always remembered. It was. I, I mean, the Man Liverpool was always a decent game, but the Leeds one was always. There's always trouble in that game, like So, um, but I thought I turned. I actually turned it on ten minutes, fifteen minutes in and it was three 0 Yeah. Um and that was really it. But it quite I mean it could have been someone said ten eight. Um either way, really. I mean I thought um but what that guy Belt what was what's the guy's name his name first name Belter, the Leeds manager. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. Sitting yeah, sitting on his little plastic blue box. I know. <laughs> which has now got a Leeds sticker on it. He, he
1: looked like he was getting ready to curl one off. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit strange. But no I did mean, actually played very well I thought and uh Again, they didn't defend. They could have conceded seven or eight goals for easily sort of thing, but the Premier League is all a bit strange. I mean, Tottenham got beat by Leicester, uh, Man City, did they? Did they? Uh, we won. Drew? We won. You won. Yeah, you won. That's right. That was good, actually. Uh, Terry, and then the an observation.
1: Um, Manchester United have had problems in midfield for a number of years now, but when you saw Scott McTominay playing against, albeit not a very good um, Leeds um, midfield defence, he had that kind of look of Roy Keane
0: doing that box-to-box thing in, in the early stages of the game, didn't he? He, he did. He looked he looked like he'd had some sort of confidence boost. I mean, the shot that he took in 57 seconds, I mean, that would have set him up for the rest of the game, but um, I mean, I know Pogba didn't start but came on, I think, but um, he looked good, actually, yeah. I mean, Scotland must be very excited for the Euros next year, I think, but uh, he plays plays like that, so um, and of course, Manor, well, we'll come to that in a bit, but Rashford played very well, and no, um, well, great. Yeah, great. and double, yeah. and then well, the sports personality of the year award. I think obviously Klopp got the coach of the year, which I can't really fault that. I guess too much, but yeah, he's he's had he's had a good year. That sort of thing. Yeah,
1: and and, uh, and uh, Ollie. Uh, I mean, uh, we were talking um, not so long ago of him uh, potentially getting the bullet. Yeah. Actually, he might outlast Boris Johnson. I think Boris Johnson might go before him.
0: Well, the good thing about Solskjaer is that he, every, every, every they do, they bring out performances like that six-two against Leeds, or their rivals. But Boris hasn't really pulled Denling out of the bag recently for a while. He needs a, a good win against the COVID or 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 something, or you know the Europeans to give in on fish. But uh, no, I think Solskjaer has been. He must have clearly has some talent as a manager, you know. But then he's got a good team. But um, and he's, I think he'll go now until the summer. If, if even even then, as long as they finish in the top four and maybe. You know, get back at the Europe Champions League, etc. So no, that was good.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Celtic um, managed to um, complete the dreariest uh, quadruple treble of all time.
0: It, it felt like a long, drawn out sort of episode of something that just ended, what, nine months after the season finished, the, the Scottish Cup final from. Last season, I was having to explain this to my friends in Northern Ireland. This was last season's Scottish Cup and not this season's one, which apparently starts in a couple of weeks, by the way. So, I was just to confuse things, but it was apparently a decent game three all, and then Celtic won on penalties. So, yes, yeah. um, and thankfully, that's the last. Rebel, they're going to win because they're already out of this season's League Cup, they, I think, so. and and they're way behind. They're sixteen points behind in the league now, so they're not going to win the league this year. So thankfully, that's it put to bed now. There's going to be no more records from Salt you're,
1: you're speaking um, as a non-fan, there, Terry. I think it'd be fair to say. Well,
0: well not a non-fan? I, Aberdeen would be the team I would for in Scotland, yeah. but but um, so that's fine. But uh, but the rugby, the rugby was very good at the weekend. All the, yes. the teams did, did well apart from Munster and Connacht and Leinster. won. Munster had a fantastic win against Claremont of Erin, that was. Unbelievable game, actually. That was a very good um, game. Leinster had a really young team out as well, so that was very good. I watched that
1: game, and uh, uh, you know, my God, it was uh, a breath of fresh air to watch that instead of international rugby at the moment. Okay, there were mistakes being made and some poor defending, but it was a good game to watch.
0: It was, and it's a bit of a shame the guy who was meant to be number 10, Ross Burns' brother. Um, got injured in the warm up, but he's an even younger player. And I think, you know, given that Sexton's probably towards the end of his days now. He is. Um, um, but um, but then on on the weekend, on the evening game, um, what do you call him, the number nine, Conor Murray played a blinder, actually. So he seems to be getting better again. And um, But and that was good. Good. I mean, Ulster were playing uh, away at Gloucester, which was a fantastic game. They lost 39, 32. Um, and basically, they lost a the game in the last, in extra time, actually, in injury time. So. But again, you know seven eight tries in the game or something, so very exciting rugby Yeah. And,
1: and, uh, and you know we, we've got the Six Nations not too far away now either, uh, which is going to be a very odd tournament this year if there's no crowds there do they
0: yeah i don't I don't think i mean if i I didn't buy one, but you could buy these tickets for Scotland where you could get into the draw to get seats, but i mean these the Six Nations starts in January is end of January, so I, I can't see any fans getting back for any of those games actually nope. at all. So that, that'll be it. So,
1: no, and the other uh, big rugby story in the last couple of weeks since we, um, uh, we last did a, a podcast is um, a concussion and uh, problems with uh, early onset dementia for some um, stalwart players of uh, yesteryear.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I thought rugby done a, had obviously they have done a lot recently, and in fact, compared rugby to like football, for example, where they don't have a concussion sort of protocol for players and stuff. And, um, but I guess maybe it's a bit too late for a lot of players. And somebody was on the radio this morning talking about watching their kids play, you know, young kids 10, 11, 12 play rugby at the weekend and having to wince every time they went into a tackle because you just don't know, you know, how that's going to go. But they're talking about trying to limit contact in training and, and youth games, um, but not. Fundamentally changing too much the the professional game, and they've stopped the higher tackles now. And I don't think I think it ever stop any head kind Yeah, head yeah. Well, I
1: mean, I mean, uh, I think there are things they could do. I mean, if if we look at the um, Leicester Northampton game, um, I don't know if you saw this particular incident, but there was a clear out at a rock. Oh, where um, yes, uh, that,
0: that was terrible. It, it
1: ran uh, at high speed towards the rock. And basically made a tackle with not much in, in the way of wrapping of the arms and uh, his shoulder, made contact with a, a player's head and the player didn't see it coming, which makes it a lot worse from the point of view of you, you no know, okay. chance to prepare yourself. Uh, and that kind of thing. And um, the referee had a look at it, but decided that that was perfectly OK. And to me, that. That was not the right decision to make
0: there at all. Well, that, was, that was that was so obvious because the guy was high above the rock as well. He had his head up, and uh, the commentators actually didn't do themselves any favour as well. You're, you're probably watching on Channel Four, but in BT they were they were saying it was the player's fault for putting his head up. I'm like, what? Um, and I think because the player he got hit, played on and didn't go off. The referee was going to be, I don't know, but that, that should have been a red card. I, guess, uh, I, I would it. agree with you. I, I think it's got to be stamped out that it,
1: it, it's um, it, it's bad news for uh, everybody concerned, really. Um, it, you, know, you, get it, you know, in the event that the player is OK, you still get yet another um, time off in the game. And the game's just, you know, at the moment become incredibly static, certainly at the international level. And we don't need these breaks. We we need uh, the game to flow a bit more, and uh, we need the ball in hand a bit more as well. You know, the whole idea of it sitting at the bottom of a rock is just pointless
0: at the moment. It is. I mean, and hopefully, and I did see, especially the difference between you know the kind of the, the professional league game and the professional internationals is that the, the league game seems to be more free flowing now. And you watch the French teams and stuff, and it's fantastic as well. So hopefully we'll see if the six stations kind of reflects the kind of maybe change a bit more positivity Indeed. and teams not parking the bus sort of thing. So, but, uh... Yeah.
1: Now we're going to park the bus uh, in front of uh, a big load of lists, uh, you know, for 2020 best of. Uh, and we're going to yes. start with a couple of guest contributions. Terry, you have been in contact with uh, uh, Stephen Milne from the Little Kicks. He's given you uh, his favourite tunes awesome. and uh, you might want to run
0: through so, he's, made, he's given me sort of a soundtrack here of 11 tracks. Now, I have to say, I haven't heard heard of some of these people, and I have Googled them this morning, and it's quite interesting. So, on this list, in no particular op- order, was the Fleet Foxes with a song called Sublime, which is from their album Shore, which is it very neat. Uh, a track from Rufus Wainwright called Alone Time, which again is from his album Unfollow the Rules. Uh, somebody I hadn't heard of before is a guy called James Wrighton and a song called Edie, which again is again from his recent album. Another one I'd never heard of was an artist called Loma. Um and a song called Ocotillo, which again was very good. The next one I actually did listen to a bit of this over the weekend, Erlen Cooper. Yes, I I have it, yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. So from uh he's from Stromness in uh Orkney, and he had an album out um called Landward, which is a uh, song called Harry that was great. Um, I actually listened to an album of his this morning, which has I think seven tracks, and um, basically called Cairn tracks, part one to part seven, very atmospheric sort of stuff. Very good, enjoyed that. Uh, Andrew Waslick I'm going to yeah. say he's he's from Dundee and he's got a track called A Further Look at Loss um, at which point I'll have to say there's a fairly mellow list from Stephen here um, so <laughs> it's obviously it's, I don't say it's depressing but it's a fairly mellow list but it's a good list um, Kelly Lee Owens and a song called On which again is from a recent album uh, one I hadn't heard before was Ellie Priest and a song called What Moves uh, and then a couple at the end, which I have heard of, was a track called "The Adults Are Talking," which was from The Strokes, uh, the new Normal album. Uh, Pretty please from Dua Lipa. and another one I listened to this morning was a band called Holy Fuck, and an album called The Deleter's or Just Deleter's. Yep. Have you heard yeah, of that? One? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's a really good one. Actually. I listened to that this morning. I thought that that's that's very enjoyable, actually. Um, then I got uh, I got all the Capollos here, so they they've given me their sort of albums of the year individually. Go for it. So, Kyle Cappolo, no, you have to call him out here because his first option was Liam Gallagher's Christmas <laughs> signal. <single. laughs> but, but he then changed his mind, and it's Paul Weller on okay. Sunset, which is a, an, an excellent album. Um, I don't know if you listened to the remix version of this album, by the way. It's, it was a bit st- strange thing to do, but I listened to it and I didn't have... I enjoyed the album, the f- main album, great remix album, not so much. Um, Brett's was Tame Impala, uh, Borderline, which I guess was a very popular I didn't album rate here. that at all, uh, I, I didn't make my list. Um, I did make Stuart's list, actually. He was very keen on that one. Now, Lloyd has an album here. And I don't know which one's the album, which one's the, the title, the artist. Alligator Moon. Mm-hmm. And a song called, or an album called Marmalade Dreams. Right. So, you can get a chance to listen to that. New to me, yeah. And then Greg was um, Taylor Swift's Folklore, which I think is probably on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Yeah. So so what would be your one, Michael? Uh, Well, I I think
1: my album of the year would be Roisin Murphy's Roisin Machine and um, uh, for lots of different reasons I think she's a real talent when it comes to um, uh, the dance and dance floor kind of vibe and um, it's a very uplifting record Um, you know, progresses through a lot of different styles and lots of uh, crowd pleasers on it so I really enjoyed that actually, uh, you know, looking through the rest of the albums that um, I'd like this year, a lot of them were by um, uh, women and female artists, so yeah. Laura, Laura yeah. Marling's uh, songs were Daughter, Phoebe Bridger's Punisher, um, uh, yeah. Billy Nomates, that's a good record as well, okay. uh, and then okay. other things I liked were Working Men's Club, Quang Bin, Gorillaz, um, yeah. and yeah. Fleet yeah. Fox's album, very good as well, and the War and Drugs Live album was excellent. Okay.
0: Okay. So, so funny enough, I, I didn't have Roshid Murphy on my list, but I did listen to it this morning and uh which and I'd forgotten how good it was, because you're right, it is a very uplifting, very good album, actually. So so I had a couple of I had Phoebe Bridges as well, which was, which is a great album. I also had Fiona Apple Fetch the Bolt yeah. I didn't cutters. I did enjoy that one. I enjoy the Fontaines and Springsteen. Um I also one which I bought this is, it's the first album I bought just purely on the name if you was go oh, England. <laughs> Which, I, I think that's probably my second most played album this year, actually. I think I've played it a lot. And the album i played played most, I think, probably was Jason Isbell, yeah. uh, Re- Reunion, which is a great album. And I had a couple more on here. I had um, Steve Earle's new album, which was good. I had Wish Murphy, obviously. And one album I've listened to a lot of, actually, which is not an album of the year, but it, it came out this year on Record Store Day, was The Alternative Rumours. Right? Okay, okay, right, yeah. I've, I've, I've had that on yesterday again and I've got to say, I really enjoyed that album um, I've listened to it quite a lot oh and Jerry Cinnamon was one as well I think it Jerry Cinnamon yeah. there, so um, and, uh, and oh oh sorry yeah, there's one more here <laughs> it's the uh, soundtrack and it comes up later on of the Eurovision film <laughs> so far, <I> okay <laughs> but you, what were you saying so you are saying what was your song oh right
1: uh, well um, I don't think it's actually uh, had a physical release yet it's um, certainly available as a download uh, Janelle Monae's Turntables is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it is a, a a protest song, but it's uplifting. It's got real energy
0: to it and a bit of vim. And uh, yeah, that that's easily my standout track for the year. Okay, okay. I think I think mine would be probably Kyoto from Phoebe Bridgers, which I'd also like to point out was on Barack Obama's playlist for the cool. year. Um, oh, and one thing linked into saving 2020, you'd, you'd be glad to hear this: that today, of all days, Ed Sheeran released yeah. a new track. Today, by the way, that's what we didn't need. <laughs> no, yeah, I saw it this morning, and I thought, "There we go. That's going to at least that's going to six some topics sort of thing." So, and your your worst uh, song of the uh, year? Really, no contest.
1: John Bon Jovi's uh, car crash take on "Fairy Tale of New York."
0: It, it wasn't the best, actually, and I would probably. Put most of his album onto that <laughs> list as well, actually. So, I think a worthy winner. think Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even sure it is Bon Jovi anymore. I think that might just be him these days. But uh, no, that 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 was a particularly terrible song. And I thought I saw the Pogues tweeted support for it, but then uh, Shane McGowan was was definitely against yeah, that. They
1: so like the royalty uh, money from rubbish like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> why, why else would uh, people cover it, you know? Um, Ronan Keating as well, another terrible oh, version
0: of it. There must be so many sort of cover versions of these sort of things, but yeah, not, not a pretty crap song, actually, so we'll avoid that one if you've got a chance. So so we're going to be stuck indoors over Christmas, um, probably, in, into the year, so I've, I've picked some of the movies that I enjoyed this year. Um, there's not been many in the cinema. although there is two, actually, but... Um, so number one, not these aren't in the order, by the way, but it's in the order I've watched them. So the most recent one was Finding Jack Charlton, okay. <laughs> uh, which, which is it's a really interesting documentary about Jack Charlton actually. So, and it's got a fantastic story about the Republic of Ireland playing Italy in Euro, not Euros, so in the World Cup in yeah. 1990. It was a quarter, it quarterfinals? Yeah, yeah. I think. And they realised they'd put on the wrong kit in the tunnels. <laughs> And uh, they had to go back and change their kits because I think they were in white shirts and I think Italy were in white shirts and they had to change in the tunnels. That was good. Um, I've already mentioned it, the Eurovision Song of yeah. Bill Ferrell. I mean, it's rubbish. But that uh, made me smile a lot. I really enjoyed uh, 1917, which came out in January. Um, obviously, the tale of it was World War One tale which from Sam Mendes, which was great. Uh, I enjoyed Parasite, which is a Korean movie. Um, quite dark, but quite nicely sort of humor as well. And it's not really... A, it wasn't a film, but I really enjoyed watching the series, which I think called The Right Stuff, which is kind of a re, retelling of the Mercury astronauts' yeah, story, yeah. Uh, which was good. And sad, recently, it was Chuck Yeager, who was in the original film of that day, the actual sort of... Pilot died recently, but that's on Disney Plus, so you have to have a subscription to watch that. But I did enjoy it. I like that kind of. Thing. I
1: I read his autobiography, Chuck Yeager's autobiography, probably uh, uh, 25 years ago. it Must have come after the, the the movie, The Right Stuff, and it's a fantastic read. <laughs> he, he's oh, a yeah. real, real I mean, character, nice. and uh, didn't have much time for. um um Astronauts, you know, spam in a can. I think was what he was referring them to, you know, because they didn't actually fly. The uh, it was all done by by computer at the
0: time. So, no, exactly. So, but it's, the show there's a eight part series, which is not as good as the film actually, um, mainly because of the films as a fantastic cast. But the story is quite good. They kind of go into a few more of the stories about how they got there. And Alan Shepard had a lot of problems and issues with uh, vertical, vertical, believe it or not, and kind of hearing uh, yeah. problems, but. Um, still managed to be the first man in space. um, uh, No, he wasn't. um, Yuri Yuri Gagarin was uh, the first man in space. I I forgot the corporate line. Dear, dear, Jerry. No, no. I tell you what, it's the first free man in space is what they sold it as, actually. So first free man space so there we go but so I watched yeah. that and that was great actually so and also have you got time watch the Diego Mara Oh, it,
1: it is fabulous yeah absolutely and the, I've not been to the cinema this year but um, uh, something I did enjoy watching was uh, Succession uh, the, the Brian Cox yes.
0: uh, series is fantastic fun and also don't forget maybe we watched Monaco on the yeah. summer <Dude>. Oh. In fact, well, I tell you, what, I watched recently, though, I don't know if you watched it. There was a thing on the BBC called, was it Christmas at the Plaza Hotel? And uh, very similar to the Monocle thing, they, they talked about the Plaza Hotel in New York City, obviously, uh, which is where Home Alone 2 was filmed and stuff. And they were showing them preparing for their Christmas Day brunch that they do, a very famous brunch. And it was £250 mm-hmm. a head, I think, at this place. Um, yeah. But, so me and Catherine watched it separately and, and we both agreed that, A, we were disappointed that the food looked rubbish. <laughs> um, it, 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 you were eating in basically what looked like a cafe bar, so you were paid. It didn't look great. And people were queuing for it from 10 o'clock in the morning. They were getting food at half past 10 in the morning. And I thought, why would they eat so early? Because Americans don't really have a Christmas. No, they, they do don't. Uh, and they don't
1: really have uh, any holidays other than a couple of weeks in the, uh, the summer oh. And apart, apart from that, it's yeah. St Patrick's Day and um, um, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. those, those Thanksgiving, are the main yeah. ones.
0: Um, yeah. So if, if you get if you get a chance, it'll be on the iPlayer. Um, but it's worth it only because it looks so underwhelming. The food they produce, and you'd you expect that for five hundred quid for two people, you'd expect it. You would. Fantastic. Oh, so it's it's not even it's self service <laughs> by the way. So so, so you in do a canteen, you do, yeah. You know, you, in a, yeah pretty much and the guy slaps down a lot of, and a bit of turkey and whatever you're having and uh gives you some pub i'm sure it's free drinks and all that well maybe not actually um but it just looked particularly underwhelming sort of thing
1: yeah it's but you've been wat- watching or listening rather to some um less than underwhelming podcast terry and uh, there's a couple of things you've been listening to there's a uh, one by david dimbleby and uh, formerly
0: of the bbc yes yeah, so this is this is called the fault line and it's a really interesting story so it's um Basically, the story of the Bush Blair, um, loving, I guess you call it. I mean, you remember the? Do you remember? Do you Blair not wearing like a leather flight he jacket was, at one yes. point? Which Bush Bush had given him and stuff, and they went to Camp David, and it's all about that kind of relationship and how Bush and Blair would go off together without any advisors, and they'd be kind of shitting themselves at what the hell are you going to talk about, sort of thing, and leading up to. The Iraq, the second Iraq War, the, the weapons of mass destruction. We all remember the stories now. Do you remember Hans Blech? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he got into it, and all these mobile delivery truck rockets that Iraq meant to have didn't have, and how that all kind of unfolded, and how Blair basically, you know, bet the house on on Bush, and and never really paid a price for that. I mean, he got he got away with it. They they made it up, um, and it's it's it covers where the intel came from, which is remarkable. And I don't want to give it away because you can listen to it. But the intel came from an Iraqi dissident that kind of um, uh, sort of managed to escape from Iraq. And his name was, what's that call him now? Curveball. That was his his name. Curveball was his name. He was in Germany. Turns out when they really looked at the data, the Americans never interviewed him. He was interviewed by German sort of secret services people. And he was just making it up. He had no... He didn't have any detailed intelligence. He just surmised, believed some rumours and wanted to get himself into a position where he could get sort of, yeah. you know, into America and get a, a passport and all the rest. And the whole thing was complete rubbish. So it's very interesting. And it, and it goes through the whole thing. Because remember Colin Powell, he was hung out to dry as well, I think, to do the whole thing. So so it's worth, it's definitely worth a listen. A yeah, part my, my two
1: observations um, about those guys would be, in the case of Bush, uh, you'd almost be delighted and relieved to have a president like him instead of that orange twat that we've had in for the last number of years. And the second thing I would say really is that I think Blair did pay a big price for um, uh, for Iraq yeah. because it's kind of undermined all of the things that he's wanted to say since he left office. So particularly about Europe and Brexit, yeah, yeah. he's been kind of, you know, w- when he's done an interview on uh, on that subject, it's always come back to Iraq. He's always been asked about it. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, uh, I think he would look back on that with some uh, amount of regret.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely what I listen to. Actually, uh, it's almost as good as my one about how the, <laughs> the by the CIA. Winds have <laughs> changed. So. So we'll move on to to to, to yeah. the stick of the year. Stop talking about Trump. So who is the year? Well, there's, the there's year quite the year
1: a Michael few has. contenders to that, isn't there? There's that big yeah. orange idiot and that big blonde galump. And so, yeah, I I, I think <laughs> they should be joint winners of it. But you might have some other potential candidates.
0: Well, uh, I mean, it is, you have to be careful here, actually, because I don't want to get angry with anybody. But so Linda Ball was <laughs> one of mine who's on She's not made really the same morning. league, Terry. In fact, no, from, come on he's not the same. Uh, Grant Snaps is oh, yeah, not on my yeah. list either this year. He was, he, he was on this morning. There's something about him. Hancock, I think, is an idiot, mind you. So he sits there, and he uh, he's fairly sincere, I think. But Grant Snaps, there's something creepy about him. Um, and he's always interviewed in the same sort of strange room with his dark furniture and stuff. But I think it had to be probably, you're right, probably Trump. Or maybe oh, he's yeah. Bolsonaro. Guy. Yeah, Bolsonaro. Yeah, he, he seemed more. also an idiot. So, And then on the flip flip side... Yeah, well, I'll I'll probably alternate
1: with you in this because I'm sure uh, there'll be some of the same people on our our, our list. So I think in um, descending order of brilliance, we'll start with uh, all the people who've discovered the vaccine. Yeah, Yeah, go for for that.
0: Absolutely. Um, I would say Marcus Radford is one of my... Jacinda Ardern, a grown-up politician. Oh, the Lassie from New Zealand. That's a good one, actually. I thought of her actually. Um, I'm actually just lost my. Well, list. I, I, I'll
1: say something about her, uh, and that is, you, you know, um, the UK is an island. Uh, New Zealand is an island, admittedly a lot further away, uh, but uh, they they have uh, been COVID-free for some time now. And she stood up in front of uh, uh, the press the other day to say that they had um, secured adequate vaccine for. Uh, not just their entire population, but also for any Pacific islands that wanted it, which uh, was a very decent thing wow. to do, uh, but also fully understandable compensation for uh, the number of rugby players that they pinched from Fiji and Tonga and everywhere else over the years.
0: <laughs> well, well, uh, don't forget, some Indeed. of the are <laughs> playing for Ireland these days, and probably yeah. and, and, and Scotland. So, so, but my, my hero. Uh, would probably be the NHS, I think, probably. That, I guess that would have to be NHS. But then, equally, all the people, yeah. postal workers, and all these folk who get forgotten about, that they've kind of worked through the pandemic, you know, bus drivers, and, and London, and tube drivers, and, you know, all the truck drivers that are currently sitting, and all these people are kind of forgotten about, I think, as kind of a, you know, they've kept the country, all the countries running, um, you know, through the whole pandemic, and I think, you know, the NHS particularly, but um, I was in the post office this morning, you know, and the poor girls were just like, it was, it was only like 10 o'clock in the morning. They were already knackered because they've been in Berkeley since 8. Then... Yeah, I think that would be mine, actually. If I had to pick something in an organization, it would be definitely yeah. the NHS And or, I'm going to add shows. one more,
1: which is the heavy metal guitarist who put together that judgment on COVID 19, uh, where a, he interspersed um, Kenneth Copeland's um, uh, COVID ranting uh, with uh, some really tasty riffs. So, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen okay. it, watch that Judgment of okay. COVID nineteen.
0: Brilliant. Oh, I well, want one more deck for you, <laughs> yeah. and Jim Corr, <laughs> and Jim Corr. Uh, who's it? who's it? was it somebody else? Uh, Eric there? Clapton. What oh, was um was it like Eric Clapton and the guys? Yeah, from yeah. Rose. Brown, you yeah. Into it as well though, in 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 in, in Brian. So, um, so speaking of Ian Brown, moving on to sort of legends if you like. So you've we yeah. do have an album review this week. So you've listened. I to have Paul been McCartney listening to that. Well. Yeah, it's McCartney three. So, uh, an
1: album recorded in lockdown where he plays uh, all the instruments and he's produced it himself. A lot of his recent albums have been co-produced with um, uh, the likes of um, uh, Nigel Godrich and um, Mark Ronson, amongst others. But this is all his own work. And uh, he's done this before. You know, he did it uh, back at the start of the 70s, just after the Beatles had split up, and then uh, after the demise of Wings as well. So there, there, there are some kind of comparisons you could make probably with those two other albums. What, the one thing I would say about this is that you can obviously do a lot more on your own these days in terms of uh, multi-tracking, which uh, he does successfully with uh, uh, particularly the guitars. Uh, you know, never thought of him as a guitarist before, yeah. but there's some great guitar sounds on this record. Um, It it is a bit odd in places. I mean, um, we start off with um, mainly instrumental track, uh, uh, Long-Tailed Winter Bird. And it it does kind of um, oscillate between being really good and having heads to the Beatles and then just being a bit bonkers. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I did enjoy it. Uh, I've heard from other people that they didn't find it that good, uh, McCartney fans. And also one or two people maybe uh, casting aspersions on his drumming. His drumming is a bit laboured at times, but it's better on some tracks than than on others. And uh, there's a sense of humour to some of it. Uh, A criticism I would have had uh, of him over recent years, me particularly with the live shows, is that his voice is really not up to it. Uh, But there are
0: are, are plenty
1: of tracks in this where the voice is used well and kind of, you know, in a... Pared down way a bit, like uh, something Rick Rubin would have done had he mm-hmm. been producing it. Okay. Um, but yes, an interesting record. I'm not really a big fan of him. Uh, I'd probably prefer to listen to Beatles stuff. But uh, uh, good for him. He's nearly eighty and he's still making new stuff.
0: So okay. Well, the, so the track I listened to on this one was yeah. Slider. I think is that what it's called. It is. It. has been accused so was... of being a bit of the Queens yeah. of the Stone Age and certainly yeah. had that kind of feel to it. Yeah. It... Yeah, I'm really surprised at that because someone said to me, Listen to that song, so listen to that one first. And then I like, I do like the first song, the instrumental, but um, I'm not again, I'm not a massive Paul McCartney fan. It would have been great to see him play at Glastonbury this year, and I don't think he's going to play at Glastonbury next year either, sort of thing. So, but um, but fair play to him. So, so I, I did say I, I bought a record recently, uh, yeah. purely cover, which is a guy called uh, Ra- 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 Raul Monsalvi, Elo. lost. And the album is so, and the album cover, I posted it up, I'll do it again. It's just a remarkable sort of cover, some sort of psychedelic sort of thing. And I didn't even listen to it, didn't even know what it was when I bought it. So I'll read you out what kind of music it is because I wasn't sure until I put it on. So it's uh, Afro Venezuelan rhythms meet futuristic Latin jazz, really funk and That's quite that. a lot. <laughs> but it's it's quite a lot. It's quite short, which is probably a good thing because it does go a bit off the wall occasionally. But <laughs> I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, it was good So, and one thing we didn't cover actually was our best gig of the year Echo Machine for me in the shop oh that, that was good actually yeah
1: it, it, no that was, was in that? March Jack- I think it was maybe v- at the very start of March end of February or, or start of March so that, that was the last live gig I saw
0: and uh, I enjoyed that that was good fun okay that was good so the, the last concert I actually went to was in Glasgow and it was yeah. uh, a bad lemon drink I played in 3 which was very good and that was only because Michael Kivanuka had cancelled at Barrowland because he was sick that night and we were looking for something to do so we went to that and that was good and then previous to that um, we'd been to see Jake Bug who'd played in Aberdeen I think the week before um, and Twin Atlantic but it's, it's so, I mean I was, I was looking at Twin Atlantic recently because they, they just started their tour to promote their album um, as had the Blossoms and of course that's, that's they just lost the whole year so it's that's very sad and I think we'll see, I do. And, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if then. there are
1: things to look forward to, and you can get your bells out here, Terry. Um, <laughs> vaccination, I reckon I'm probably up for it right about May or June. You'll probably be about the same. Proper return to good. live music. Yeah, We've got that. Scotland at the European Championships.
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> that's a no, good that's thing. A, that's a good thing. That is a, that is a good thing. It is a good thing. I'm quite excited about that, actually. And whether there'll be tickets to go and watch that or not. We, and they talk, they're still talking about the formatting of it as well. So so that's good. So, But, but I think yeah, you're right, live music will come back. Yeah, if and we've we got, we got the Lions so, so. Tour
1: of South Africa as well. First time since 2009. I can remember watching that second test in a pub in Bundor in, in, in the summer. And it was the most brutal, <laughs> the brutally physical match I think I've ever seen.
0: Okay that that's that really good that'll, that'll be good actually I do look forward to that that'll be fine so but yeah so maybe 2021 will be better actually I certainly. I don't think it can get any worse I mean um I'm looking forward to the first first of January and and we'll see what Yeah the world and, will, and the I must say uh, one of the things I have
1: enjoyed uh, about this year is doing this podcast um it's been great fun doing it with you and uh, also it's quite nice to have it to listen back to you, you know the, the the strangeness of this year what it's been like not just
0: for us, but the people we were interviewing, you know? Well, no, no. Well, I, I, was, I was reading back through all the notes I'd made um, from, from right from the start, because we did, also did a couple at the start with just ourselves and a uh, local guest. Um, and I still really can't believe that we, we talked to Mickey Bradley from yeah. Undertones, which was in March, because um, I did that in the office. And we had Public Service Broadcasting. We had Andy Kershaw, which is still, I think, just about our most popular episode. Um, your man, yes. space Man, as well. That was brilliant. That was good. Uh, we had the Capollos, we had Stephen Mill, we had Cold Years, who actually was very int- positive. I thought were in the really? top fifty albums of the year. Um, so, that, so that that was good. Um, the guy actually the second most popular episode is That's the guy yeah. Work. Yeah, so that was good. So I think the three most popular was Andy Kershaw, The Rocket Man, Fabulous. and Craftwork. So. Um, but I, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been great. It's fun to listen back and sort of see where we've been. And obviously, we've done them all pretty much remotely. Um, and that will continue. So, I've actually got a couple of people lined up for January. I've got an Aberdeen based film director we're going to speak to, um, who I <laughs> didn't know existed <laughs> until, recent, until recently. Um, but I, I found him through. Oh, we had Colin yeah. on from the, from the Bellman of course. Um, it's worth mentioning, of course, they're closed again now. I mean, they opened and then they closed. Um, and there's, there's no cinemas in fact I was watching something this morning and it was Wonder Woman 84 available at selected cinemas and I thought how many pretty selected. selected it'll, say, it'll, it'll, be,
1: play, <laughs> it be, it'll be playing on the Isle yeah, of Man it must, and be
0: of it must be less than 50 cinemas now it was 200 a week ago and I think it's dropped a lot so, so we had him on and um, so, which was, again was you know, trying to support local people yeah. that are trying to keep their business going so I've uh, I've really enjoyed it actually it's been good fun so and probably who's the, who's the band that made the comment about Blue Dog? was that like a polo um, no, uh, one or the here, other yeah yeah that was fun <laughs> Yeah, give, and, and, give, I, give I on
1: think one I of know. the you know, if we are going into a proper lockdown in the new year, we'll at least get some decent quality uh, guests on because they'll have nothing else to do with their time, frankly. <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully, that's, yeah. I guess, I guess they were all hoping to have, you know, they're all most sort of celebrity singers and stuff. We're all talking about there. Sh- and sharing, oh, released a new, oh, and Coldplay released a new song today as well. By you, just if you're twenty twenty one yeah. or 2020 two, hasn't got bad enough already. Um, but um, yeah, I guess they will all be planning Indeed. nothing coming sort of next quarter. Yeah, so. that's that's so it for it this
1: year. Um, we uh, we're plotting something else though, so, Terry. We're going to have our spe- special pop. Uh, we well, are. Is it a pub quiz? Is it a pub quiz? It's probably a mixture of, of uh, both uh, that we will be brewing up over the next uh,
0: week or so with a bit of luck because we'll have nothing else to do. <laughs> That's good. No, well, hopefully nobody else will have enough to do either <laughs> because there's nowhere to go over Christmas sort of thing. So that'll, that'll be it. So Yes, goodbye. So Merry goodbye Christmas and, and me. uh,
1: let's hope for a better 2021. Till the next time. Yep, we'll see you all next time.